there's no magic formula. It just it's no. just it works. And everybody needs to find out, even in their own personal lives, what works for them and what doesn't. And yeah. if it doesn't work, prune that stuff right out. Right. And if it does work, add more of it and nurture it. Damn, that was like a bumper sticker waiting to be printed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me for another episode of Eyes Up, Heart Open. I'm Carla Tenike. I started my podcast journey as a way to connect with people from all walks of life, giving them space to share their stories with me one person at a time. Meet Dave Jackson. He is a gangly, red-bearded photographer from Appleton, Wisconsin, who I have followed and admired for years. He is brash, bold, has very little filter, and just lets it all fly. I was drawn to that the most. He was honest, with others, but mostly with himself. Dave first popped into my radar back in 2010 when he wrote a blog post titled An Open Letter to a Local Photographer that sent shockwaves through our tight-knit community of creatives. It's lengthy, but keep on. It's like the sixth sense of blog posts. Trust me. So I read that and was floored by Dave's willingness to put his feelings out there to be judged by us all while still remaining unapologetic for it. What's not to love about a person willing to stick to his ideals even in the face of such public backlash? And then I met Dave at a conference we both teach at, Inspire Photo Retreats, and it was instant soul friend love. I adore Dave even more, the chief reason being his open heart. He shares about how much he loves his wife, Melanie, and his daughters to anyone that will listen, is honest about their life struggles, and steadfast in his resolve to work through it, no matter what it is. Here, he opens up about his former life as a police officer in Wisconsin and his segue into the world of photography. There's no such thing as normal. No. And I, I talk to, I tell a lot of people that, like, oh, I mean, society wants you to be normal. Right. People want you to be normal, but you're not normal. I don't even know what normal even, like, what's qualified as normal now. I don't, I don't know. even know. I There's, it's not possible, I don't think. Mm-mm. But it's like, um, it's like society wants you to graduate high school, go to college, get a degree, yeah. work in the field that you chose based off of your degree, yeah. get engaged, have a year-long courtship, get married, and start a family, have kids, yeah. and it's so dreamy having kids, and life is fantastic, and you live in a box house, and it's and you live happily ever after. I mean, that's the perceived notion, and Everyone goes through this, and I've, I've talked with my wife about this a million times, that, you know, some people, um, I think some people like, just the idea of having kids. Oh, I'm going to have kids. Yeah. Like, you're engaged, or you're, you just get married, and you're like, well, we're going to start a family now, and that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it sounds great, and it seems like what you're supposed to do, um, but some, pe- some people have kids, and they're like, I'm going to be a great parent, and... They go on to be fantastic parents, and they're totally cut out for it. Yeah. And then some people have kids, and they realize, I'm not really a parent-type person. <laughs> but you have kids, and you can't quite take them back to Walmart. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's not to say that you don't love them. Right. But sometimes you're just not totally cut out to do it. Or maybe you're not cut out to do it the way you think people are supposed to be cut out. Oh, to totally. Do it. And I think that, that that's, that's, like, like... Melanie and I are cut out to do it. It's just that um, we, it's just, you know, we're just because of our life changes, some of the stuff that we've talked, you know, that they early on talking here is like so much is like, you know, our life is different from the quote unquote normal household. Mm -hmm. Me being freelance, self-employed entrepreneur and my wife teaching full time is that you know, it's a little chaotic. Yeah. You know, and we've even had family, um, you know, some family just like might not totally understand that or, right. you know, question how we're parenting. And, yeah. Cause it's like, know. there's and a lot okay. of time away. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's chaos, you know, trying to keep a business and, you know, I've grown my business for three years. Yeah. The last two especially is 
you know, I just sort of turned things around with it. And, um, you know, that's a lot of work. It is. And now how many kids do you have? Three. All girls. Plus two girl dogs and a girl wife. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of emphasis on the word girl. <laughs> yeah. And how old are your daughters? Um, Eden, she is seven. Um, she turns eight in June. Um, Zoe is nine years old. And Tobin is 12. So, and then Tobin's, like, Tobin, like, an interesting story with that is that Tobin is, ever since she was, you know, young, three years old, she didn't want to wear dresses. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, she's a tomboy. She has blue hair one, you know, one beginning of school year, next school year, she has orange hair. She, she's just, she, she's, she's a tomboy. The girliness is coming out now, but, you know, that, that was kind of a struggle too. It's like. You know, why, you know, not for us. Like, we always let Tobin just, like, dress how you want to. Yeah. But there's other people that were like, why doesn't she wear a dress? Why don't you put a dress on it? Why don't you make her wear that? Well, that's not how I parent. You yeah. Know? Like, Who does that? Yeah, that's just like, I've, so we've gone through some of those experiences, too. and Yeah. It's just, <laughs> we just, we are, um, um, my wife has a term for it, and I'll bring it up if I can remember it. It's, um. Slow parenting. Hmm. Yeah. Slow we, parenting. Slow parenting. Yeah. It's like there's some parents who have like their kids in like all sorts of like activity, activity, activity. And we're going to do everything and go everywhere and do all this crap. And, you know, seriously, we're just we're more slow parenting. The kids just, OK, go outside, you know, go play, play outside for three hours. Go, yep. you know, get creative, go yep. make a mess. Yep. And that gets frustrating in and of itself. But it's like. We just, we don't have the, we don't have the ability to like constantly have them involved in everything. We love our kids. We, I mean, they're, it's, I would do anything for them. Absolutely anything for them. Um, But it's just, it's just a little different because we're, we're moving and shaking. And I think for the longest time, their business, we were just trying to make ends meet, literally trying to pay our mortgage, just trying to have enough money to go grocery shopping. And that's a lot of stuff that people didn't see. You know, four years ago, yeah, that we were, you know, close to the end of our rope and just trying to get my, you know, trying to get our business up, my business up and running. And you know, Melanie's working part time, and that's that's heavy stuff. I mean, that's tough stuff. And business grew, and then the kids are all in school full time. And you know, especially with insurance and health benefits, Melanie went back to work full time, and yeah. she's on her second year working full time now. And it's tough, yeah, stuff. I don't, you know, but. The both of us are very goal oriented and we don't give up. Like yeah. even on my own business, I don't I'm not about to give up. Good. I'm not about to roll over or let somebody take my business down because that's just that's I don't know. Do you I think that that's a, there's a threat of that? A threat? Yeah, like a threat of like you like being to the point where you do feel like you need to roll over and quit and do something different. It's or? come close. Yeah. Just because of what financial stuff or booking or like at what point do you feel like you're? It was always it's, early, like three years ago financial, yeah. Now busyness, yeah, and stress, you know. Yeah. Because so, you're too busy. Like there's too much going on. Yeah, like I don't have enough time to, you know, be with my my kids. As crazy as it sounds, from what I just said yeah. five minutes ago, or to spend time with Melanie or help help her out. Yeah. You know, and Mel, um, she does as much as she can, but Melanie also suffers from depression. So that's, that's her, that's that's what's in her closet. And she wears it on her sleeve and tells everybody that. And I love her for that because she's real honest and true about that struggle that she has. But, um, until you've lived with somebody with depression, in my opinion, you don't, you don't know what it's like. No. And I used to not understand it, but now I understand it, and I try to. So it frustrates me when I get really busy, or like, travel to Rhode Island, or try, yeah. you know, travel on a job for a couple of days. That you know, not only am I worrying about how her things are going at home, but I worry about her and yeah. how she's holding up because I love her, you know. And people looking from the outside in and you know being judgmental, it's just I can't wrap my head around it. We we got married, and that's. Um, that's who she is now and it kind of happened after the pregnancy and 
um, I wouldn't choose anybody else to be with. And I'm her struggle is my struggle, and um, you know, I'm she can be going through this, but I'm gonna be there with her as her, you know, her best friend and figuring it all out because that's what I have to do. That's what we have to do, and yeah. um, yeah. And I kind of I was I was I was like in a dark place. Um, and you know, a lot of people didn't really realize that, but I was in a really dark place, um, in my previous job before I went freelance creative <laughs> to, uh, you know, I hated getting up in the morning. Like you're saying, I couldn't just getting up in the morning and, you know, definitely, um, you know, drinking more than I should. And, um, just, I just didn't like who I was or what I was becoming. And my wife didn't like that either. Do you think it was the job that was making you? It was. It was the job, the hours, the stress, um, the anxiety that I uh, had developed during that time, and you know, crazy, crazy stuff that I never envisioned that that's what I'd become in this job. Because when I chose a job um, early on, that I I'm like, ah, this is gonna be my career. This is gonna be my career forever. Is this something you wanted to do like your whole life, or is this something that you just kind of fell into? Fell into. Yeah. How do you fall into being a police officer? Let's talk about that. (laughs) Interesting question. I never thought I would be, I come from a family. My dad was in the Navy. My brother was in the Navy. Um, I had no ambition to go into the military. I always had that interest as a kid, played army, go on missions with my buddy Rick and Pete. And, you know, I was always like, I was always about it, but I just like, you know, it didn't really dawn on me that I wanted to go into law enforcement until my senior year of high school. Um, I got I was on my way home from a Boy Scout meeting and got pulled over by a Sheboygan County Sheriff's deputy. And I was doing 25 over the speed limit in my Boy Scout uniform, got pulled over, and he issued me a ticket. And he was actually pretty decent. Three days later, pulled over by the same cop for doing 15 over. Writes me my second ticket. Still decent. Not an asshole. Professional. And believe it or not, I thought to myself, because I was on, I was thinking about going into natural resources or becoming a game warden. I saw this aspect from this. This is, sounds totally fucking crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, your segues fucking are killing me here. So, game warden? Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's just, it's really okay. weird. Really, really, really we'll strange. So, yeah, I just like... In today's society, most people would never be inspired by that because it's we're in social media world and everyone thinks that Facebook and all this stuff is just extreme gospel, what they see out there. But for me, I took it in a positive way and ran with the brighter side of my experience there. And I'm like, you know, I think I could be a cop. And then I went to... Yeah, and then I went to school for it. But I almost didn't graduate high school, too, because um, I failed numerous math classes. And I failed, I just about failed. My The deciding factor was whether or not I was going to pass my photo video class. <laughs> so what do I do? I'm Use sorry, my driver's license, become a cop, fail numerous math classes, ma- uh, marry a math teacher, <laughs> almost on. fail a photo video class, become a freelance photographer. <laughs> Some would say I'm overcompensating. I would kind of agree with you on that. <laughs> so wow. that's why I say wow. uh, when I, I, I talk to a lot of other people in my current you know career that I always say life changes. You know, life changes and you never know what is going to happen next. There's yeah. no like fluid straight timeline. No. There's no like this is what's going to happen and this is exactly because you don't know. Um, you but, could have been a game warden. No. Well, I don't even. Can I? I was, what does that even mean? Um, work for the Department of Natural Resources, you enforce hunting and fishing laws is the best way that I can explain it. Wow. Because I I was big into hunting and fishing, Mm -hmm. but I still had that military-esque aspect to my my family's past. I thought, law enforcement with hunting and fishing, what could be better? So that's how that all switched. I mean, that's all, yeah, crazy. Like, it just, it turned on a dime and, um, got into law enforcement, spent almost 14 years in law enforcement and... Um, it was good. I can reflect back on some of it good, but some of it was totally changed my life. Yeah. Changed me as a person forever, you know. Yeah. Um, 
crazy, crazy uh, journey, but doing what I do now is, um, I mean, seriously, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I love what I do. And not many people can say that. No. How many but no, people I can say, I love what I do because there's so many people that are just punching a stupid time clock or. Oh my gosh, you know, I know. Just going through the motions and. Yeah. That's not me. No. So what, what ended up happening to make you kind of bring you to the conclusion that you didn't want to work as a police officer anymore? Was Everything. it one event or was it like. You said it was kind of oh, it's a culmination. You it's a culmination. Order. It's a culmination of events, but it's um. The one thing that changed me specifically, that it was like a light switch being flipped. Like, I don't want to do this. Um, was August 29th, two thousand and two. Um, I was working at the time, um, a day shift, uh, with I was part. I was a part time officer. At the time, and I was working with another part-time officer and a full-time officer for our department. And um, we got a call for a, a dude, uh, a male person, male subject. If you, I'm going to start talking like a cop I now. Like a <laughs> 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 um, we got a call for a, 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 a male subject walking down the street, um, flipping off cars, shouting at cars, acting erratically, potentially causing some sort of a hazard in the road disturbance um so we went to look for um this person and because of a day shift it was a little bit quieter um the primary officer that got the call uh she responded into the area um to look for this person calling for some backup to help try to find this person so um the other part-time officer and myself Came out of our sections to look for this person. And uh, basically, she she found, she saw this dude um, matching this description going into a garage. Like entering a garage, we don't know if it's his own garage, somebody else's garage. But the garage is open and walking down a driveway goes into the garage. And this is just the best of my recollection because it's been a long time. Um, and re-emerges and acted like from what I understand acted like he was placing a gun or something into his to his pocket or whatever so then it became a little bit more serious like we don't know what's going on well it turns out um, he goes back into the garage grabs a 12 inch machete and starts walking down the driveway towards this officer okay now if this driveway is kind of in a cul-de-sac, um, it's midway in this block. Um, so the other part-time officer and I back up into the intersection. Full-time officer, she drives forward. So we're on both sides of this block because this dude now has a knife. Right. Full-time officer double back, doubles back by um, Kathy and I. And... Um, he tries to go to get into her, her car. Turns out later, was trying to get into the car to grab the rifle or the shotgun that was in the car. Um, turns out this guy had lost his job at a local, um, a local business. He was not. He was a little mentally unstable. Just snapped. Um, so then he realized he couldn't get into the car. Starts coming back down the block with this machete towards us until he got, I'd say, probably 20 feet away, and he starts running at whomever he decided he was going to, in the end, basically kill. He admitted to saying, if I had to reach him, I'd have killed him. Um, so, uh, it's like we're in this triangle, and he's coming straight on, and I don't know which way dude's going to go. Yeah. So, he ends up going towards the, the full-time officer, um, at the very last second, but in my head, I'm saying to myself, I don't want to kill a person. Like, this is not what I signed up for, but I know that if I have to do it, I'm going to do it. There, at that point, it's like, you know, we could just all run and hide. Yeah. And have this guy running around with a machete hacking up people. Or we could just let him hack us up, or we can 
stop the situation. And there wasn't a one person there of the three officers that were there that said, oh man, I can't wait to pull the trigger because I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. The whole thing's on video. Um, Linda shot him three times. No, six. Six shots hit him four, I think. Three or four. Didn't kill him. But to go through that, like, go through that decision, to go through that, like, having to know that you're making a life and death decision, a decision that's going to change multiple people's lives, including your own, is like, you. it's so, you, you don't, nobody knows what that's like until you're faced with it. And, um, you know, we didn't, it was just, I like, I thought it was all, um, the job was all speeding tickets, donuts, and coffee. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's not. It, it's so much more. And um, I think that was like a huge turning point. Yeah. Um, and I, I it, it's just something that's always stuck with me. It's a piece of baggage that I will forever have with me. And... Um, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, what I'm about is just people. That's why, that's why I'm a freelance photographer. I, I love stories, love people, try not to judge people. I love meeting new people and I don't want to destroy that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't want to like, so I think I've always been that way, but it's just stuff that I really didn't have a choice in. That changed my life right um when i was in field training at grand chief police department we um I, there, there was another call um of a we were working a afternoon or a day or i think it's afternoon or something and field training i was in the i was driving my field training officer was next to me and we heard that kokana like two towns away get this call of a female uh, a female subject PNB, which is, means pulseless non-breather, mm-hmm. was discovered. Um, at the same time, a Kakana officer calls out a, in the same town, calls out a high-speed pursuit vehicle with a boat. And we're hearing like, okay, there's like someone who's not breathing, no pulse in Kakana, and now there's a chase not really putting this together but we got the route of this chase and this officer and Adagami County and all these officers were chasing this guy high speed through all the way through our town um so we got involved in the in this chase yeah and um this dude's dragging a trailer I mean he comes by probably like 70 miles an hour and he's dragging a trailer without and the wheels, there's no boat on this trailer, and the back wheels of this thing are flat, and it's just sparks. He's like, he's getting out of there. He's not stopping for anybody. We get in the chase. Um, it just so happens that they did, like, a rolling roadblock on this guy. And um, by the time we got him stopped out in Greenville, like, miles away from other side of the, you know, practically the other side of the county from where this originated, I was, like, right next to this dude like when we stopped him because you have a car in front car to the side we were the car to the side and a bunch of cars behind so we got him stopped um out in greenville and i remember i got out of the car because i was in the passenger seat at that time because we switched with my my fto because he was driving i remember coming out and like bringing this guy out of the car at gunpoint and when we got him out of the car he's just wearing like short like short jean shorts and that's it and he i remember seeing on his like chest was nothing but like bloody fingerprints just like all all up and down him and what had happened was he was the one that killed this girl ended up stabbing this girl in Kokana and it was her fingerprints on his chest trying to like get him away with her own blood and he just flipped out and tried to run a dude over um, who witnessed it and killed this girl and took off and it's just it's things like that that you you can't that you can't unsee ever you know and 
he like went to a Kmart two hours, three hours before or whatever to like purchase this knife. To like specifically, I'm going to go purchase a knife and maybe find somebody to kill. So he didn't even know her? No. Random. Completely random. What? Yeah, because he's having a bad day. Oh my God. You know? So it's stuff like that that really truly is, um, I mean, that, that stuff shaped my career. You know, I've seen, wow. responded to, you know, a case, big case in our area where a two-year-old was killed and, you know, punched so hard that it broke his spine. Punched in the stomach so hard it broke his spine. Two, a two-year-old. And how do you, how do you just go home? Like, go home and go to bed and read the newspaper and get up happy and smiley the next day. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's just shit like that that's just baggage. Yeah. And I think it was a culmination of all of those, those, those incidents and mainly the one incident that I was talking about that I realized, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is, this changed me and my stress and my anxiety and, you know, it was, it was situations like that, especially after that shooting, um, where there would even be so much as like a somewhat, a somewhat emergency call that I would receive that I would just panic attack. Yeah. Tunnel vision, couldn't breathe. Just panic attack. And I told myself, I can't go through living like this mm. every day. No. And I knew that I had this hobby of photography, like, back there in my, you know, on the side that, you know, maybe someday that would pull me out of this shitty situation. And I was becoming a monster. I just come home mad. This wasn't pleasant to be around. And I remember Melanie telling me in the kitchen, like, you need to, like, do something. You need to make a change because you're ugly. You know. How was that to hear? It's surreal. Did you see it? Or oh, I like... knew it all along. You did? Yeah. But I can't. I could be like, yeah, 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 I'm just going to stay a cop. Because I wasn't, it wasn't good for our marriage, it wasn't good for our relationship, my family. And I knew that I had to work extra hard to get myself out of that situation. I wanted to leave. She knew it. She supported me every fucking step of the way. And um, here I am. The last two years I I was working as a cop, I burnt just about all my vacation days and personal days and comp days to, like, shoot weddings and shoot seniors' portraits and stuff to get to where I am just so I could build a client base and I didn't, like, hey, I have a camera. I think I'm good. I'm going to quit. So you kind of started doing that more in full force because you knew you were going to... Yep. Not be a police yeah. officer and have to, like, yeah. figure out how to make a living at this. I have so many... I, I hear so many people who just want to, like... Oh, I think I'm talented at this, and I'm just going to quit my job to go do this other thing. And they're like, well, maybe I'm not really cut out to do this. You have to really... You have to really know what you want to do to do something to give up. You know, I was making, with overtime and benefits, I, you know, it was a great... I mean, there's no financial worries doing that. But you really have to know that this is what you want to do and that you're good at it and you have some, you, you just know that there's a future there. Yeah. Then you can make it work. If you don't make a change, the moment you like realize that, you're going to just start rotting. So that happened to me in my law enforcement career. Yeah. Once I made that transition to become a freelance wedding photographer, I realized I don't want to do this. And I could have just kept on doing that, and I could still be doing that to the this day, and I'd be yeah. the you know bitter old man. But I realized it's not because I was you know changing and I was growing and still evolving like mm-hmm. I'm still doing. That I got out of that to shoot. I got out of that fast do commercial and advertising work. And that's like quitting photography to restart a new business. It's totally it totally like financially yeah. and stuff and. Then once I got into advertising photography, I'm like, I'm going to do big box brands and that's what I want because that's where all the glamour is. And I tried to focus on that and not think locally on a smaller scale at first. Yeah. And it almost sunk us. Um, two years ago, re-envisioned my plan. 
Um, there are some employee changes. Um, kind of re-envisioned what I'm doing, where we're going. Yeah. Cutting out some of the band photography and stuff that I was doing. Um, didn't concern myself as much as like, oh, I need to have this huge client list of like right. all these big brands. And just focused on just making money. Yeah. Just growing the business one step at a time and not trying to take, you know, taking one step instead of jumping forward four. Right. And that's been kind of a change and I've, I've never been happier. That's and great. it all kind of comes into, falls into place over time. And so I say life changes and I, I talked about this yesterday. Um, life changes. Life constantly changes and what you think you were like destined to do is going to be totally different because there's no straight perfect timeline Mm-mm. well how do you how do you know like you've had so many big changes that how do you know when when to to completely change course like obviously i think you deciding you weren't going to be, um, be in law enforcement anymore and segue to photography like it didn't sound like it was only your choice like your wife is like uh-uh this things need to change but like once you start photography mm-hmm. right yeah. and you're doing weddings and you're saying i don't like this and some people say that, but they just need to kind of power through and figure their shit out. Yeah. And then they could actually be amazing at it. But they're yeah. like, what, like you decided to get out of weddings, get into more um, com- commercial stuff and mm-hmm. more bands and more. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you're still fine tuning that journey within that. Mm-hmm. You know, you think like, oh, I'm going to do commercial and it's going to be the end of whatever. Yeah. But like you're, you sounds like you just went through another big change going from big box, ignoring mm-hmm. your local. Like mm-hmm. how do you, like what, what was it that, that. You say you it almost sunk you. Why? Um, was it you were trying to do too much at once? Was it that you... Because I mismanaged my business. Oh. All right. Guilty number one suspect right here. How did you do that? I'm so interested because um, I feel like I did the same thing with mine. I just, I felt like I was busy enough and I put things, I think I gave certain... I didn't pay attention to tasks that I should be doing, handling. Yeah. The business aspect yeah. of it. Um, and I, I, I wasn't paying attention to that, and I was paying attention to the creative. So the change came um, when I brought Adam in full-time, and right from the onset, I gave him... We decided that he's going to be a co-creative, not... You're my... It's not a hierarchy of... It's not a... It's not a, it's not a seniority thing. Right. Oh, I'm the owner, then the person under me, and then there's a person under you, and you're the boss of that person. Fuck that. Right. You know, I'm not Adam's boss. Yeah. He's a co-creative. He brings as much into this business, if not more, than me. And that's the change that I, that's what I mismanaged. Hmm. And I never really, you... I never really saw that like. I don't want it to be just a job. Yeah. I want people to be excited. Who, who, even if it's Melanie, I want her to be excited about what we're doing. Yeah. Come in and show her the stuff and get her opinion on things. And you know, with Adam, it's like I want—he's excited about what we're doing. And I think that was like the biggest thing: is a co-creative instead of you're just employee and you are okay. Five o'clock, time to punch out. Yeah. You know, once you realize you just want to go home at the end of the day, that's like, because I want to go home because I just don't want to be here. That's a problem. That is a problem. And I totally mismanaged that. Is that um, what things had turned into with the people you had? Like, just in general, the feeling of, because they didn't feel like they were partners in it with you? Yeah. I sort of sunk that ship to a degree. I just didn't know how to run it. I didn't know what, because... Then I sort of became the face of the business and envisioned what we wanted to go after and how we needed to sort of grow this thing mm-hmm. and um, make relationships and meet budgets. And yeah, and it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh yeah, well, I'm super successful now. But I don't, you know, I've had enough time sitting in my kitchen face to face with my wife, not knowing how I'm going to pay my mortgage, not knowing how. Um, we're going to go grocery shopping, not paying myself, her working part-time, so I can pay, you know, my employees. My employees come first for pay, period. That's how it works. 
I've had enough of that that I don't need to go through those sleepless nights anymore to know that I need to change something and change something now. Otherwise, I need to move on and leave this profession. Yeah. And this means too much for me to to just leave yeah. because I had to I had to affect change for everybody. I need to like pull up my bootstraps and 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 do this. Otherwise, I'm going to be out. Do do you think part of it was you taking back control of like things that you should have been managing all along or things yes. you should have been in the know. I'm I'm in exactly yeah. the same position right now, to be honest. Totally. And I've had that conversation this week. And uh yeah, I just I couldn't I just realized I couldn't go on like that. Otherwise I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. But I knew that I wasn't just gonna run hide. No. As much as we wanna feel like we can. We're not perfect with what we do. I'm not you know, either. We're like, we're like, we're busy. Yeah. But we're like, then the promotion side of things kind of like falls to the wayside and, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I should be sending this out to this agency and this to this. And I should be, you know, I sometimes feel like maybe I'm not going to totally serve my clients as good as I can. Maybe I'm, you know, going to have a few broken relationships and yeah we've lost a client or two maybe it's kind of because because of me maybe it was because i couldn't do work for free basically yeah. free yeah or you know cancel what i'm doing right now to go do their job you know what i mean yeah but i think we just we're doing the best we can do and you know one of my goals for me and, and, I, and i'm not quick to go hire somebody right now either yeah one of my goals is to bring Melanie out of her job as a teacher full-time with us and out of that teaching job. But it's going to take just a little bit more growth. She loves teaching. She hates the politics of it. But we have to, you know, I know that she wants out and I just, I will do anything I can. I'll work harder and harder over the next year to get us to that point. But yeah. we'll do it. And then I can put some other stuff on her. I can put some of that, you know, she can be responsible for making sure that we get out those promotional stuff on time. She can help sort of manage the things that we don't see because we're so damn busy. Or bringing in other people, bringing other people to help you and giving jobs back to the community eventually. Yeah. We had a rocky start. We had a, a, you know, three-person crew. Then we went to a two-person crew. But I think that we're, at the end of the day, to be able to give jobs back to the community, to grow the business, that's what, the entrepreneurial spirit is about that's what yeah. i don't need to be an army of people we yeah. we there's big box um photography video production crews in our hometown <laughs> i don't want to be that i'm good with where we're at yeah i think it's it's interesting because there there was a point where i i want to say i had like 10 employees all variety <laughs> of like part-time all different jobs all and why wasn't I like propelled into the fucking Milky Way? Like, why, why am I not like, why am I at this point right now where I'm like, okay, well, I got a like a, a an egg of a, a two or three month little yeah. buffer now of like, like, why am I not retiring? You know right. what I mean? Now totally. I'm, I'm like, I'm in this phase of, of kind of reassessing where I want to go and where I've been and where I'm at now. And I'm okay with less. You know, I don't need to be everything to everybody. Totally. And I need to tell myself yeah. that. Yeah. I've even given up the idea of like, I don't have to have, I don't have to have the big house on the hill. I don't have to have this huge bank account. I don't have to have every celebrity in my portfolio or every big box brand in my client list. As long as Melanie, Adam and I are happy doing what we're doing and we're, we're having fun with it and enjoying it and it's paying our bills. That's okay with me and success to me is just that it's just just happiness because i wasn't happy you know 10 years ago in my previous career and you know knowing that my kids are taken care of and that's all i need nothing more there was there a point though where you felt like like when you first started because i remember when you first started it was like a you know that 2007 2008 time was a really interesting time oh, yeah. in in our industry and yeah. um it was all about comparison it was all about like oh, people God. just putting what they're doing out there literally plotting it 
talking about it and strategizing about how can we make our community look like this and how can I make my life look like this and how can I like paint this picture that may not necessarily represent reality. It's garbage. It is. And I know I know it affected <laughs> yeah. you because I read something you wrote yeah. that completely rock my world and a lot of other people's worlds and I want to have that posted on the blog when we have that up yeah. for this. Um, because it was like one of the most well-written things about the state of our industry at that point. Yeah. Um, but then like what, what propelled you out of like giving a shit what other people do in order to kind of assess where you need to be because it was bogging me down yeah. it was like uh, it was it was like you get so hung up in what everybody else is doing when all these other you know photographers are doing and these brands are showcasing that you stop thinking about you or you stop being productive or building your own portfolio who gives a shit about everybody else dude i don't care about looking at photography yeah. anymore <laughs> i told somebody you know, I think I was telling Laura the other night, I don't, I, I wish I could do my job without a, without a camera. I hate cameras. I hate, <laughs> I hate all this crap. You know, I just want to create something. Yeah. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I, it, I, even when I went into the commercial advertising side of thing, I was looking at all kinds of photographers and I was on Behance and I'm on a this and that. And I just stopped every once in a while. Adam will like say, Hey, turn around, dude. Check this out on Behance. Like he checks out that stuff. That's cool. I don't look at photography anymore. I don't. I'm not on blogs. Nothing. I just I stopped because I need to focus on. Dave needs to focus on what Dave's doing, right? And how Dave can get better, and not what anybody else is doing. Do you do you find that this paradox is correct? Like I feel like in in other industries, in the medical industry, if you're a surgeon you should know what other surgeons are doing in their field and advancing the field. And is it, won't it in turn make you a better surgeon if there's this new procedure somebody in Seattle discovers and figures out and you're in New York and you're like, all right, I'm going to read their medical write-up of this and I'm going to become a better surgeon. And, and so on and so forth in so many other professions, right? But in photography, I do keep hearing this from so many people. Don't look at other photographers' blogs. Definitely don't look at wedding work. If you look at anything, look at things outside of your genre or whatever but do you do you do you think that's like a sad point to be at where you're like i don't even want to look at photography and enjoy the work that other people create because isn't that what we not that we should do i guess that's my question is yeah. like, don't you feel like that's part of growing as an artist and a, and a photographer it's just kind of like letting your brain see all these things and process them and like be inspired and like be happy for the people that created them and just appreciate them. And it doesn't have to necessarily translate into this. I don't know how to process inspiration and, and looking at something and feeling good when I look at it, mm -hmm. because a lot of times people do that and then they're like, I should be doing that. Or I'm jealous that that's not mine. Those are the two things I keep hearing when people say they're looking at other people's work. And is that kind of the place you're coming at? Because that's what I, it did do. I think that that's what it was doing to me. I think that's what it does to most people. Oh yeah. Um, be bullshit for me to say that I just don't look. I mean, I see stuff every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I love that. I love this. There's photography and, everywhere. Um, but I don't consume myself with it. Like, right. oh my god, right? So and so photographer. Like, I just, I don't. Right. I don't either. I never did though. You know? And I, I, and I feel like everyone, all of my friends were the cautionary tale of, like, I have friends that are like, I can't even be on Facebook because other people's happy lives depress me, and I'm like. I just don't get that. Like that's mm. never, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't, seeing other people be happy doesn't affect me in a bad way. I just don't process it that way. Right. But I understand and I can see so clearly that so many other people process it a different way. Yeah. And it turns into that like, ah. Oh. And every once in a while I'll look at something I'll be like, ah, oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish I took it, but I, do, I let it go. I, I don't yeah, I don't think it, for it, me, you know? it was like, I don't think I was, I, I don't look at it because I'm hiding from it and I don't want to feel that way. It's just that it's no longer my crutch. Well, you also have your voice and you also have a very clear style and you also like, you've been Thank doing you. this for yeah. a while and like, I feel like when you first get into it and you start, you're trying on all these personas. You're trying on these, these, you know, camera types and do my film and my digital is it, what's my way? What's my voice? You're, you know what your voice is, which isn't to say you can't change it. Yeah. You can't like, morph into something different and new you know yeah i mean that's that's the hardest thing that i struggled with forever yeah is to find my voice the first time i ever heard the word vision 
is when my mentor, dear friend of mine now, Zach Arias, said, what's your vision? He picked me up. He picked me up at an airport in Atlanta. I went to go visit him, and he just like, hey, what's your vision? As soon as I got in the car. Oh, my God. I'm like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? What's a, what's a vision? My vision's all right. I mean, I probably don't need glasses for a little while. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? Like, well, what do you want to say? What are you trying to say? What do you, you know, um, what's that style of your work that, you know, no one else can reach? And I just, I couldn't answer that. I felt like a fool. You know, Hmm. it took me the longest time to like figure that out. It took me forever to figure that out. And I just, I still don't even know if I have it. I was just about to say. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I just, I'm not even figuring, I, I, I have a better idea, yeah. you know, but like, it's, that's a hard thing to put your, but there's some people that are still, somehow this turned into a total photography conversation. No, it this did, but great. I actually love it. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but there's so many people who are just getting and this applies to not only photography, I should say that. This applies to not only photography, but everyone else's like career path. Mm. If you really found it is they get too caught up in the process in into the process, the hows instead of the whys. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Totally caught yeah. up in that. Yeah. And they get caught up in the gear, or they get caught up in the technical yeah. process. And not, why are you doing this and what are you trying to say and evoking yes. emotion and yes. connecting with. Yes. I'm a person here and there's a camera and a bunch of lights and expensive shit in between me and this other person. And you got to remove all that shit in the middle so a person can connect with a person and tell a story. Yes. yes. Get rid of all that crap. Get mm-hmm. that out of your system early on. I totally agree with you. And that's where, like, when technical conversations come up i tag the fuck out i am not interested i understand it i know how to use my camera i know my tools i know my craft my memory sucks so if you ask me some technical how many megabytes blah, yeah. blah, blah, i don't give a shit <laughs> right. i don't care oh, i me really too. don't people care think i'm crazy for that like no like oh what about this camera and that camera and these lights versus this light and can you tell me about how this light modifier and why you choose this and i want to sound like i I'm like this awesome photography instructor, but normally I'm like, it looks cool. That's it's what I go to and use, and that's yeah. just part of my style. Fit in my budget. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. There's no magic formula. It just it's no. just it works, and everybody needs to find out, even in their own personal lives, what works for them and what doesn't. And yeah. if it doesn't work, prune that stuff right out. Right. And right. if it does work, add more of it and nurture it. Damn, that was like a bumper sticker waiting to be printed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, like everyone tries to get too analytical about so much shit, but I think a lot of time you just got to go with it and make it work and make it great. Yeah. And the root of it is listening to your gut, whether it is in your professional life totally. or your personal life. And looking back on all the things that I think I fucked up in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a complete surprise. I knew, I had an idea I was mismanaging or not paying attention to the things I was supposed to. Or mm-hmm. Same thing in my personal life. Like yep. You know when things aren't right in certain parts of your life, mm-hmm. like with your health and wellness or with relationships or whatever. When it all shakes out in the end, you're like, ah, I fucking knew the whole time. Like this, I should never have had this person in my life. Like they were yeah. cancerous oh. and they should be gone. Yeah. Or I knew I should have been paying attention to my health. Yeah. years ago and I just never made it a priority you know and it does boil down to just listening to your gut yeah you know? and that's it I mean that's what we all fight and it's it's not easy to make changes and you're Mm-mm. you're gonna start and stop and start and stop and fail and succeed and fail and succeed one after another yeah and for anybody to say otherwise like oh I made this change and boom it was perfect sailing all the way along yeah. yay look at me and my successes yeah that's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard <laughs> yeah i agree right because there, there might be some people like and i have heard people say one of my goals is to win an award for wpja and one of my awards is to or goals is to win a fearless award and then i i challenged her and i was like well what's going to happen after you win that award yeah like totally. then what what are, like i got i got hung up in the awards thing for a while both wedding and commercial yeah and then i realized well what what's the dance for i mean we can celebrate we can celebrate ourselves, but 
I mean, it I, creates your pedigree, though. Oh, it like, does. It, it's it, the door it, opener. It, it like, can. Oh, for sure. And it's not a bad thing. Right, but... But I, for me personally, I just, I don't... I would rather just spend that time and energy creating more, just doing more. Yeah. I agree. You know, affecting more change within myself than yeah. getting hung up in some of that stuff. And that might make me sound like... I might sound like kind of an old, crusty jerk. By saying, I mean, yeah. by, by saying that, but I mean, honestly, I, I just, I'm not, I try not to get hung up in that anymore. I try yeah. not to get hung up in a lot of the, the clickiness of certain people like, oh, I'm going to show myself here and do this and do that. I'm pr- very proud of the work I do when I show it, yeah. but you know, I just don't get hung up in the, there's no, there's no set amazing, you know, like I said, there's no timeline and you don't have to be a certain way. You can be yourself and you can talk about your failures and yeah. show that you have struggles and it doesn't matter because the only mm-hmm. thing that matters is what's right for you what's right for your crew yeah the people you trust love and respect yeah i'm, I'm glad we ended up segueing to photography to be honest yeah it's all part of my story yeah it's a huge There's, part of your story. i just you know i have this beginning to continuation not beginning to end but i have this whole story and i don't know what's in store I was just five, ten years down the road. What's next? Like, what are you? What are you going? What are you going home to? Like, what are you? You're leaving here, and you're going home, and to like, what's the next phase of stuff you're working on that you're? I don't know. And even like abstract, not like specifically, like you're going home and you're. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's all I can say is I don't know. Just I I know that I want to bring my wife into the business and get her out of her job. I know that. we want to keep evolving this business, even like my business, the face of this business might change. And four years from now, we might, you know, might be a film production crew. We might be just a retouching house. We might be still just for, I don't know. And that's, that's what excites me. Yeah. That's what like excites me is you just don't know Yeah. as long as you just continue. Who cares what the... Who cares what that end destination is? Just love what you do. Love those people around you. Sounds like a perfect way to wrap it up. (laughs) Right? That's like the perfect thing to to leave with. And I'm really glad that you were open to to sitting and talking with me and finding the time to make this happen. Yeah, there's a lot of honest stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. We just jumped right in. I didn't even tell you we were recording. No, it's great. You could see it. but It's great. But thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Cool. To read the blog post that Dave wrote that I referenced, please go to tiffinbox.org and enter Dave Jackson in the search bar. I will also post links on our site, eyesupheartopen.com. Be sure to check out Dave's amazing commercial work he does through his company, Jackson & Co., at their site, davidejackson.com. As always, thank you so much for joining me here at Eyes Up Heart Open. If you or anyone you know has a story that they'd like to share, Reach out to me and send me a message through the site, eyesupheartopen.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Opening music provided by my son Jackson and my dad, Carlos Hernandez Chavez, while jamming on Thanksgiving. Background chaos, courtesy of my loud brothers and sisters. The closing music is provided by the talented Noah Behrman from the song Motherless, off his album titled Ripples. <laughs>